Everyone has a role model, someone to help push them in the right direction and show a shining example of the road ahead they wish to pave. But one that comes to my mind when I think of conservative champions is the bulldog himself, Winston Churchill. London is pummeled, France is occupied, the Nazi army is pushing deeper and deeper into Russia, casualties rise and enemy spies lurk in every corner, and as he tries to motivate his troops, he delivers a speech that would forever live in the pages of history. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. What a great speech. Another man shattering the expectations of many was Mr. Conservative himself, Barry Goldwater. Goldwater was the original brash, shoot-from-the-hip, rugged individualist from Arizona. Goldwater shocked many at the 1964 Republican nominating convention when he walked on stage and said, Extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice, and moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. You know, it might be easy for some people to say they are willing to die for their beliefs, but are they willing to have their reputations ripped and torn in front of the masses? Are they willing to fight for the cause at the ballot box and at City Hall? Are they willing to call out their senator or write a letter to the editor? The wind is in our sails, but Ronald Reagan himself knew best when he said, freedom is only one generation away from extinction. This is Firing Back, a podcast from Gun Owners of America. Hello, my name is Eric Pratt. I'm Executive Director of Gun Owners of America, and I'm here with my co-host, Renzo Martinez, and you're listening to Firing Back. Eric, it's great to be back with you. These past episodes, we've really tried to excel at, you know, just one main mission. Arm you, the listener, with the knowledge and the facts and reasons as to why your right to self-defense needs to be put front and center on the public stage. You know, this is a pro-you message each and every time, all the time, regardless of your race, your sex, your religion, your creed. All men and women are written into history and the story of their life by the author of their destiny. And your right to defend those rights to life, liberty, and property is part of that. That story is about freedom. I mean, freedom to live and prosper, but to protect the life and liberty of peaceful people. You know, Eric, the question that some at home might be asking is, you know, I want to ask, you know, just where do we go from here? We know the problem we face. We can identify those whom wish to disarm and control us. And we especially know that no matter what tragedy, no matter whom is in a position of power, no matter what they say or what they attempt to do, the absolute truth is that in a matter of this alone, that man is wholly responsible for the preservation of their own free will. Well, we've been making great strides. I mean, uh, you know, the public, uh, when you look at the public support for the Second Amendment, already four in 10 Americans own a firearm. And we saw during the Obama years that 
conservative activists were willing to storm Congress and their local government, figuratively speaking, of course. We don't burn down buildings like the left. Not like the left does. That's right. But, you know, could, you know, the, the good guys uh, were willing to get out there uh, when their freedoms were being threatened and their gun rights were being threatened. Um, you know, they got active and it's made a huge difference. You know, the issue is, however, the progressives haven't seemed to catch the clue, whether it's throwing around terms like assault pistols uh, to saying millions of Americans are dying daily from gunfire. You know, we've seen everyone from the media to those uh, in Washington fabricating the truth in order to promote an echo chamber of fraud. You know, just talking about victories that GOA has been a part of is a different beast in and of itself. Um, You know, I don't like to brag, uh, but so I'll let the media describe how we've been doing. But, you know, one progressive site lamented. Uh, They said this, Democrats blame gun owners of America for gun control setback. And then there was the public broadcasting service, you know, PBS. PBS's new special credits GOA with dragging Senator Joe Manchin into the light when he tried to cloak his 2013 gun control push with words like compromise and loopholes. Even NPR weighed in and complimented the power of GOA's grassroots. Gun Owners of America showed with one email alert that it could help flood the phone lines on Capitol Hill days before the Senate vote. (laughs) Talk about some glowing reviews for your work, Eric. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we we make friends pretty easily, like former President Bill Clinton, uh, who went on MSNBC's Morning Joe and said, gun owners of America will run an ad against you or billboard against you and say you're trying to take their guns away. (laughs) What a nice guy. So when Hillary runs for, you know, president for a third time, I, I think it's a safe bet to say we won't be supporting her, huh? Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet to make. And since we're talking about political battles, I think the past several years have been some of our best, especially when it comes to our overall goal of enacting constitutional carry. You know, for example, recently North Dakota became the 14th state to enact constitutional carry legislation. Now, you know, you don't see the media giving that two seconds of airtime because it doesn't fit the narrative of more guns turning into more violence because these gun owners are actually responsible gun owners. You know, it's an amazing thing. At the turn of the century, we only had one constitutional carry state. Now we have 14. I mean, don't you think CNN would love to publish a story talking about how more than a dozen states are letting citizens carry guns without permission? You know, I'm talking about states like Arizona, Alaska, Idaho, Kansas, Maine, Mississippi, Missouri, New Hampshire, North Dakota, West Virginia, Wyoming, Vermont. Wait, 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 wait a second. Are you talking about Bernie Sanders, Vermont? I mean, like Ben and Jerry's socialist ice cream, moveon.org, Vermont. Yeah, I know. The, the hypocrisy is in full bloom, isn't it? But the, the list finishes off with uh, most of Arkansas and Montana, as permitless carry is legal in the great majority of those two states. You know, what I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt is that without GOA activists, the activists of Gun Owners of America calling their legislators and holding town halls and attending ha- town halls, none of this could have happened. So can, can you give me some more examples of that? Well, take 
New Hampshire, which became a constitutional carry state in 2017, we had to overcome lots of outside money from a very rich billionaire, one who is certainly very well known to the gun community. That's uh, Michael Daddy Warbucks Bloomberg. (laughs) Yeah, well, his minions hired 11 New Hampshire lobbyists, including the leftist law firm of Deemers and Blaisdell. Uh, They ran a full-page ad in a big city newspaper. They tried to generate grassroots activism into the governor's office using social media. Now, for our part, we only had one part-time lobbyist in the state, and he was with the local organization that we were partnering with, the, the New Hampshire Firearms Coalition. But all of Bloomberg's money was to no avail. It was no match for our grassroots. Um, one of Bloomberg's subsidiaries, we call them the Angry Mommies Group, they posted an action alert on their Facebook page. That alert <coughs> urged people to contact Governor Sununu to veto constitutional carry. That alert got six likes. <laughs> what losers! <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I mean, if I were to post something on Facebook about what one of my kids did today, you know, something dumb they said or funny, I mean, I would get a lot more than six likes. A picture of ice cream alone could get more than six likes. Absolutely. And that just tells you these guys have no grassroots. I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors, bought and paid for with Bloomberg's billions. So anyway, Governor Chris Sununu ignored the fake grassroots and he signed constitutional carry into law. Uh, Same thing happened in Idaho, by the way. Bloomberg was pouring thousands of advertising dollars into the state, and uh, he bought several ads encouraging people to call Governor Butch Otter in opposition to constitutional carry. And initially, the calls were running five to one against the bill that Gun Owners of America was backing, although it appeared that many of these calls were coming in from out of state. So anyway, GOA got involved. We responded by joining uh, the local group there, the Idaho Second Amendment Alliance. And so we started encouraging our guys to start making phone calls into the governor's office. And so the ratio soon uh, improved to a 50-50 split. And it was actually touch and go for a while. Many Republicans in the state were worried about what Governor Otter was going to do. But, you know, really the worst thing that could have happened for our side would have been to allow those out-of-state phone calls to just let them swarm the governor's office in opposition to the permitless carry bill while our guys just sit quietly on the sidelines. So we rallied the troops. Our guys and gals got engaged. They made their phone calls, and Governor Otter signed the constitutional carry bill into law. You know, we've had similar battles against Bloomberg's billions in other states like West Virginia and Missouri. In those two states, we had to work in the legislature to override two Democrat governor's vetoes. Uh, But we were successful. We won and Bloomberg's big money lost. Um, We're hoping really that very soon most of the country will enact similar constitutional carry legislation at the state level since it seems you know they can't get much right at the federal level speaking of the federal level we were able to also win a vital supreme court case recently where we came to the defense of an innocent man who was arrested and detained for 48 days jeez yeah uh you know how would you like that but you know these were false charges by law enforcement um and and he was in the slammer for 48 days it's because of cases like this that we don't just solely rely on the Second Amendment, but we also appeal to the Fourth Amendment in terms of unreasonable search and seizure. 
You know, what's funny is that if this has been a Planned Parenthood employee held it captive for 48 days, she'd have a book deal right about now. But, you know, let's just keep going down the list. Yeah, good idea. But, yeah, to wrap up this part, so, uh, you know, the media nationwide credited Gun Owners of America as being the organization leading the fight to kill the anti-gun terror bill in Washington. We opposed every single no-fly, no-buy bill. Because this kind of legislation just really ignores due process and denies Second Amendment rights to honest gun owners. And our grassroots opposition was loud. I mean, it was so loud, it prompted the anti-gun minority leader in the Senate, Harry Reid, to say, gun owners of America is even worse than bad. I tell you, that's something. <laughs> we, we wear that bad That's, with that's pride. a big compliment. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> You know, another key victory took place in New Mexico where we killed some anti-gun legislation that Bloomberg was pushing. Uh, The legislation involved universal gun registries, and they were shot down thanks to a united front from the the New Mexico sheriffs and the gun-owning grassroots. What this bill would have done was basically register every gun sale in the entire state and ban virtually every private transfer. So that was a huge victory, defeating that. So, you know, really, to put it bluntly, for the first time in decades, it seems that we have the Second Amendment on the offense. You know, what's amazing is the common thing throughout all those examples was that none of it could have happened without just regular people. You know, Joe Schmo up the street, you know, Betty from around the corner, just regular people that think that they can't make a difference just on their own. But, you know, these were regular citizens who just wanted to take a stand. And, you know, last episode, we talked about the movers and shakers in the gun control movement and refuted the arguments they frequently raise. I mean, these people, we, they need that. They need the information because they have the drive. They just, you know, they, they need the ability to fight fire with fire. But, you know, on that topic, who are who would you say are some of the key figures that have stood up for the Second Amendment? If You know, if you had some person just randomly pop into your mind, who would sure. that be? Well, honestly, I can think of no one more significant than my father, Larry Pratt, who headed Gun Owners of America for almost 40 years. I mean, Eric, it seems like you're just biased <laughs> with that one. Well, okay, kind of. But look, for those who don't know my dad, he's now Executive Director Emeritus of GOA, and he's still kicking strong for gun rights. But if you want a good feel for his gritty, no-compromise approach, approach, just go to GOA's YouTube page and watch his debate against CNN's Piers Morgan. Eric, why don't we actually have, you know, that clip pulled up for a snippet real fast. But I believe many, many Americans now believe following this tragedy, which is that there is absolutely no use and no justification for these AR-15 type assault weapons. Oh, on the contrary. Let me finish. How can you say such a thing? The Korean merchants in Los Angeles use these kinds of firearms to protect their lives and their businesses. And for you to say there's no useful uh, purpose for these guns... That's just completely wrong. Okay, let me finish my sentence. There are these assault weapons which have been used now in movie theaters, in shopping malls, in elementary schools to murder many, many Americans and now 25-year-old children. And they are armed with magazines 30 at a time here, 100 in Aurora in a movie theater. And your only answer, Mr. Pratt, to people that want to get rid of both the magazines and these assault weapons, if I'm not mistaken, is to let everybody else have similar weapons. Is that the solution to America's gun problem? I would challenge problem? you to go and tell the Korean merchants who survived the riots in Los Angeles 
Sorry you had those firearms. Can you also not question? your lives. I'm answering your question. I wish you could understand it. Because you're would talking you like to see? Would you like to see? Would you like to see? People being would you like to, to see teachers armed? And you don't want to hear it. That's why you keep in. No, no, I don't mind hearing it. I think it's complete nonsense, but I don't mind hearing it. You would well, like to see. Uh, tend to do that, don't they? Oh, stop being so facetious. I just want you to answer this one question. Post what happened at Sandy Hook. Your answer to this problem of repeated use of this weapon with these high-capacity magazines is to continue letting Americans buy them with impunity and to not concern yourself with these mass shootings. Is that right? The Second Amendment means what it says, and meanwhile, you want to continue laws against self-defense, laws that prohibit self-defense, laws that prohibit teachers and other faculty, other members of the administration and schools from being able to defend themselves if they have a concealed carry permit. The laws prohibit them right now. We have been lobbying against those laws since they were put on. We will continue to do so, pointing out that that is where the problem is. And for uh, you to support them means that you're really blind to the role that that plays in enabling murderers to operate with impunity. Yeah, I, I know. I know why sales of these weapons have been soaring over the last few days. It's down to idiots like you, Mr. Pratt. Thank you for joining me. Thank you back, for your high-level argument. Oh, Larry was amazing in that. Yeah, I tell. I mean, he's tough. He doesn't back down. And uh, you know, I was glad to see in 2015, Newsmax published a report naming Larry as one of the top most powerful gun rights activists in the country. But really. I think that was recognition for his lifetime work. I mean, he led GOA to support constitutional carry back in the 1990s when other pro-gun groups were opposing permitless carry. I mean, you know, those other pro-gun groups only wanted a permitting system, but GOA began work in several states to get constitutional carry passed, and we've gone from having, as I mentioned earlier, only one state at the turn of the century to now having more than a dozen today. And that's significant. You know, GOA was the original no-compromise group that advocated for average law-abiding citizens to carry concealed without getting permission from the government or without being registered like sex offenders. And I can happily report today that all the national pro-gun groups that I'm aware of are on board with constitutional carry. You know, if I could just throw in my two cents here and there. I mean, that's amazing. But for me, I always kind of liked Harriet Tubman since not only she was helping free the slaves from servitude down in the South, but people forget this because it's not in the history books. She was a gun-toting Republican, so there's that. That's right. Yeah, and you won't see that in the the history books, but it's absolutely true. You know, whether you're talking about behind-the-scenes leaders like Harriet Tubman or the -the out-in-the-front leaders like Winston Churchill— the key to both of them is that they stick to their principles. And, and really, that's you know why I mentioned my dad, one of the reasons why I admire him so much. Uh, there was another gun lobbyist that we had frequent uh, disagreements with. Uh, but, you know, in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, he said about Larry, yeah, he has said things I thought were crazy at the time, but later he turned out to be right. There you go. Yeah, and you know, that's the sign of a true leader, one who is willing to stand on principle and not care if people think you're crazy for doing so. You know, remember we talked a lot about gun-free zones in the first podcast? Yeah. Well, in the 1990s, 
Larry Pratt was the top national pro-gun rights spokesman opposing them, and he was virtually alone. In fact, if you do uh, an internet search, you can find leaders of other pro-gun groups testifying in favor of gun-free zones around schools, uh, but not Larry. You know, Larry and GOA have always opposed them, and that has had a major effect in the pro-gun movement because, again, today, all pro-gun groups at the national level oppose gun-free zones. So, you know, all this time, Larry has set the standard. He has been no compromise for 40 years, and his presence has made it difficult for other gun groups who frequently have wanted to compromise on gun control legislation. I'll give you one last example of that. Under Larry's leadership, GOA refused to compromise or support gun control legislation in 2013. Now, this was right after the Sandy Hook tragedy, when President Obama was pressuring Congress to adopt gun bans and universal background checks. By the way, uh, the latter, the universal background checks, would have ultimately meant universal gun owner registration. But anyway, GOA caught wind of the compromises that were taking place in the back rooms on, on Capitol Hill, and there were two key senators in conjunction with a prominent pro-gun organization who were trying to craft what you might call gun control light legislation. So we expose the compromise to our grassroots members who are very active and they slammed the compromisers and the legislation died. All of it was killed. And as we touched on earlier, everyone from newspapers like the New York Times to Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill to broadcasters like PBS, they all said it was GOA's involvement that killed those gun control initiatives. Folks listening at home, I mean, look at all these examples. It's just so impressive to me that we have done so much and we still have to do so much more. And, you know, just winning one election is not going to solve our problem. Oh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And here at Gun Owners of America, we really don't care what someone's party affiliation is. I mean, we have helped defeat compromising Republicans like Virginia Representative Eric Cantor, who lost a, really in an upset primary election to a, a no-name challenger, David Bratt, who is, by the way, still the congressman representing the rich, Richmond suburbs of Virginia. Um, on the other hand, we also t helped take out a longtime crusty Democrat who was considered untouchable. I'm thinking of Judiciary Chairman Jack Brooks. Um, you know, other, actually, other pro-gun groups loved him because he would throw gun owners a bone every now and then, and he sat on a powerful committee. But the truth was he helped Bill Clinton get his anti-gun initiatives through Congress. So we supported his opponent and helped unseat him in a huge upset. Now, and that's just two examples. Those are just the tip of the iceberg. But that's the kind of thing GOA does. We're not beholden to party affiliation. We're beholden to the Constitution and the Second Amendment in particular. So, Eric, we've got to wrap things up. If people wanted to find out more about Gun Owners of America, I mean, where can they go? Because now they've listened to the last couple episodes. If you haven't, there's a little bit of an incentive. But they're armed with the knowledge, their passion is ignited, and they want to get active. How can they do that? I would say the easiest thing to do is just go to our website at gunowners.org, gunownerswithans.org. Uh, you can sign up for membership there for $20. Look, that's the best bargain in town. That's cheaper than a box of ammunition. Uh, so sign up to become a member. Uh, then you will start 
start getting regular uh, alerts, you know, about once a month, but which are very useful. Uh, I, I love hearing from our members. You know, they tell me, I love how easy you make it for me to contact my representatives and centers because we give pre-written postcards and some people will just send those in or give them to a friend or family member and then they write uh, a letter themselves, you know, based with similar language. But all that ends up multiplying our impact on Washington, D.C. So that's huge. So I really encourage uh, you to sign up. Uh, another thing you can do, and you can do this for free, is just on the right side of our website, uh, there's a button there to sign up for free email alerts. And, you know, we're low volume, maybe one alert a week, but it's always dealing with real important legislation that's going to affect our Second Amendment rights. Um, another thing people can do is just follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You know, the more people we have following us, whether they're, they're signing up for membership, whether they're getting our email alerts or whether they're following us on, on you know, social media, the, it, the more people we have, the louder voice we have in Congress. I love what the late Senator Everett Dirksen used to say. <laughs> you know, he said, when I feel the heat, I see the light. And that's basically become our motto at GOA. We focus on putting heat on the legislators, and we see time and time again, it works. It really works. You know, Eric, when we were crafting this series, what we really wanted to do was we really wanted to, you know, put, you know, great storytelling in with hard-hitting facts. And, you know, I, I thank you for doing that so much. And I Absolutely. thank all of you at GOA for what you do, especially, I want to give a shout out to the activists that make this happen. Yes. But I'm going to ask one favor, very simple. You could do it literally right now as you're listening. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps us get the word about this to those that might not be on board of us yet. Leave us a five-star rating and say, hey, check it out. It's awesome. And help us grow. And as always, I'm Remso W. Martinez with Eric Pratt from GOA. Just remember this. GOA is the only no-compromise gun lobby in Washington. Good night, America. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting gunowners.org.